Good morning, brethren. Welcome to the prayer school for the month of July. Thank you so much for keeping faith with us. We hope that you have been blessed by the last two modules. Today, we are handing module three, talking about kinds of prayers. Let us start by, first of all, looking at this scripture from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18, which I will read very quickly. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual, sorry, for our struggle is not against the authorities, but against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. So this is where our topic was taken from, all kinds of prayers, that is what the Bible tells us concerning spiritual warfare, that when we do warfare, we should engage all kinds of prayer. And so this is what triggered this study, to take a closer look at these kinds of prayer. Are all prayers the same? Do we pray in the same way in every circumstance? So that's what we're going to look at this morning. So we're going to look at different kinds of prayers. And I just want to say that this teaching is as far as my own understanding um, has reached so far by the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so it's not exhaustive because there's no end you know, to knowledge. But the purpose of this prayer school is just to release nuggets to us. It's just to, to provide guidance to us. The intention is that each of us will still go back and do our own you know, thorough study, detailed study on this subject. But this is just to get us started. Hallelujah. So this morning, we're going to be looking at five kinds of prayers. And the first one that we're looking at is a prayer of supplication. So what is supplication? It's a form of prayer where one party humbly or honestly asks another party to provide something. You know, in law, we use the word prayer because prayer is when you are bringing a request, you know, to someone, when you are making an entreaty or a plea. A prayer of supplication is a call for help from God that is made solemnly and with reverence. And so when do we make prayers of supplication? Typically, we do that when we are asking for something that we cannot necessarily justify or something we do not deserve. Let me talk a little bit about that. And I'll say it again. I'll repeat that definition again. 
or response rather says, when we are asking for something that we cannot necessarily justify or something we do not deserve. Remember the, the example that Jesus shared of the woman who kept knocking on the door of the judge and the judge got up eventually and had to answer her request because of her persistence. That woman was making a supplication. She just wouldn't stop, she just wouldn't stop. And it was in the power of that judge to grant or not to grant her request. But because of her persistent supplication, he granted her request. So a lot of the personal prayers that we pray are actually prayers of supplication. Now, why is it important to understand kinds of prayer and to be able and to be conscious of kinds of prayers when we are praying it's very very important that we know how to engage the right kind of prayer at the right time it's very very important because if we don't engage the right kind of prayer sometimes we may just be praying amiss and you know, the Bible tells us in the book of James that that is actually possible. One of the reasons why sometimes prayers don't get answered is because we pray amiss. Now, praying amiss would be as a result of wrong motive. It could also be as a, re as a result of engaging the wrong kind of prayer. Sometimes, yes, we, we, we may not engage the right kind of prayer and we keep praying and we keep praying and we keep praying and we find that our prayers are so prolonged and answers are not coming because we are not praying, we're not engaging the right kind of prayer. So there's still more to say about prayers of supplication. Um, and the only way to understand it better is by looking at examples. So let's look at a few examples of prayers of supplication. The, 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 the dedication of the temple, the prayers, it's, it's quite long, um, but I'll look at, um, uh, I'll read verses 28 to 30 of First Kings chapter 8. It says, yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Lord my God, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you today, that your eyes may be open towards this temple night and day towards the place of which you said, my name shall be there, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes towards this place. And may you hear the supplication of your servants and of your people, Israel, when they pray towards this place. Hear in heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. You see, on that day, you find that the prayer that Solomon was praying was essentially just entreating God that, this place that we have built, Father, whenever anybody comes to this place with whatever request, you know, please answer, you know, please answer. And that prayer was being, being prayed from a place of God, just have mercy, you know, have mercy on us. Whatever request we bring to this place, hear us. That prayer in itself, which is a prayer of dedication, is a prayer of supplication. There are different things we pray about. Now, the kind of prayer that we engage. So when we talk about kinds of prayer, we're not talking about the content 
we're talking about the, the mode, the mode of delivery. That's what we're talking about when we talk about kinds of prayer. It's not so much the content. So if this was a prayer of dedication, but what, what kind of prayer is it? It is a prayer of supplication. Another example of a prayer of supplication is found in Daniel chapter nine. When Daniel prayed to the Lord for the people of Israel concerning what they were going through. I will just read from verse four. It says, and I prayed to the Lord, my God, and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments, we have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. Oh Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face, as it is this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. You know, and he goes on and on and on confessing the sins of the people and all of that. And in 17, he says, now therefore our God, hear the prayer of your servants and his supplications. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of, your right, of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. Oh Lord, hear, oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. So that's an example of, another example of a prayer of supplication. The prayer of Jabez, which we are all very familiar with, very short prayer, is also a prayer of supplication. The Jabez says, the Bible says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the name, on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And so God granted him what he requested. So these are just examples. And of course, these are just, this is just from the tip of the iceberg. But basically, um, the, 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 what we're trying to convey is that supplication is asking God for help. And it is a prayer that is made solemnly and with reverence. And so when, people, when, when some people complain that, oh, must you shout when you pray? Again, that's a very subjective um, um, stance. Now, the issue is this, when you pray solemnly, right, you, you may not necessarily shout. When you're solemn, you find that you, you can't even shout because you're praying from a place of, of being solemn. Now, you can also, in the same breath, however, you can also make a solemn cry. <laughs> so it's interesting. So it, it's not so much the volume of our prayer or the quietness of it, but it's a solemnness that comes from the heart. And our posture when we are praying, make, making prayers of supplication must be a posture of reverence. It must be a posture of reverence, you know. Uh, 
A prayer of supplication is a prayer that we, we make when most of the time, like when we're interceding, we're interceding, we're praying, we're praying, we're making supplications to God. So again, you may ask, okay, this prayer, these kinds of prayers, is it that at any point in time, it has to be only one? No, it's a blend. Our, when we make prayers to God, most of the time, it's a blend of prayers, prayer of petition. First John 5, 14 to 15. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in it, that if we ask anything, pay attention to this, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Okay. What I want to emphasize here is praying, asking according to his will, right? How do we know that we are asking according to God's will? The only, the only evidence that we have of God's will is his word, the scriptures, okay? Now, when we're making a prayer of petition, we've moved on now to prayers of petition. When we're making a prayer of petition, what is a prayer of petition? It is to make a plea before God based on his promises. Now, remember, when we talked about the prayer of supplication, we said we may not necessarily deserve that thing that we are asking, okay? We may not necessarily, so I go before God, right? And I, and I ask, okay, let me, let me give you an example, a, a short one. I think I've shared the testimony before. And please pardon me that I use myself as an example. It's just because that's the most authentic example I can give because it's my experience. Just um, a, a, a couple of months ago, I was on a trip and I had a 12-hour long um, layover in between my trips and I was tired. I was exhausted. Of course, I was flying premium economy, but I was exhausted. And I, and I said a prayer, a short prayer, really, not even very serious, but I was having a conversation with my Heavenly Father in my heart while in the waiting room in the airport. And I just said, Father, I'm really tired. And I just come before you. And I just, I mean, I didn't even put it that formally. Let me not lie. I was just having a conversation with him. I said, ah, I would really be grateful if, if you could make them just upgrade me. I said, I know it's a long shot, but you've done it for me before. If you do it for me again, this on this, you can, I know you can also do it again for me on this trip and I'll really be grateful. I'm really tired and I really just want to sleep. Guess what? I get on the plane and they just take me to the business class. And that was, I, if I was, I sat with one edge of my butt because I was waiting that somebody would come and say, excuse me, madam, you're sitting in the wrong cabin. That was how God just answered that prayer. Now, this, did I necessarily, did I, can I say I deserved to be in business class? Of course not, because my ticket was not a business class ticket. The people who have paid three times or four times what I paid to be sitting in business, class, they deserved to sit in business class. I certainly didn't deserve, but God did it for me. So that's, that's just a flimsy example of when we pray, ask God for something we don't deserve, right? You know, we want a house, yes. You want a house and, and God has promised us that, you know, he will provide for us now, but it, that house does not need to be a mansion, but you, but you desire a mansion. And so you're asking God for a mansion and he gives to you. 
You don't even have the money to build a mansion, but God gives you a mansion. Would you say you deserve the mansion? Not necessarily. That's prayer of supplication. Prayer of petition is different. Prayer of petition is we are praying according to his will. And when we say we pray according to his will, it means we're praying based on what he has spoken through his word. And so when we pray a prayer of petition, we are making a case before God. However, we are not commanding God. And I want to talk very quickly about this controversial scripture in Isaiah 45, 11. If you have your Bible with you, you may want to turn there, but it is that scripture. Because you see, again, when we, when we, when we talk about the word of God, we need to make sure that we are putting things in proper context. Um, I know that there's the uh, controversy also of um, which, which version of the Bible is most authentic. I, I know that for instance, some people, there was a time some people were condemning the NIV version that are that be careful, don't read NIV because NIV has taken out some vital verses and all of that and all of that. Now, if you're an avid student of the Bible, chances are at any point in time when you're doing your Bible study, you are referring to different versions of the Bible, right? And it's useful to do, to do that, to be able to get a clear context. It's also useful to use references. Sometimes your Bible itself may be a Bible reference, or sorry, a reference Bible, where every verse has annotations that can help you learn or understand more about the context of that particular scripture. Now, if you want to delve deeper, you can get yourself a proper um, commentary and there are different commentaries. Now, I tend to use Matthew Henry's. Matthew Henry's is very old, but Matthew Henry's is the first Bible commentary I ever knew in my, in my, in my Christian life. So I still tend to go back to it a lot. There are other modern um, commentaries that are available and all these things are available now by way of apps, you can download them and all of that. But it's useful to use Bible commentaries because the writers of Bible commentaries have done a lot of research into history. They've done a lot of research into the scrolls from which um, the Bible was, you know, became a compendium, right? So they are able to, to give us insights that we may not necessarily see uh, on the pages of our, of our Bibles. Now, in Isaiah 45, verse 11, there are different versions. You see that? I'll read from King James Version. King James Version says, Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. That is what King James says. New King James says, Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, you command me. Okay. NIV, NIV says, this is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and its maker, concerning things to come, do you question me about my children or give me orders about the work of my hands? Now you can see that that is different from what we have been reading. Let's look at New Living Translation. New Living Translation, this is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and your creator. Question what I do for my children. Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? 
Okay. I'll stop there because of time. But you know, if you have uh, maybe U version app, U version app is a Bible app that gives you so many different Bible translations. And you can also go and look at the different uh, translations and compare them. Now let's go into the meat of this matter. Now, when you look at the context um, in Isaiah 45, before you get to verse 11, God was actually, so this is where the Lord chooses Cyrus. And so he chooses Cyrus and he says, why, you know, he says, I'll go before you and all of that. You know, Cyrus was a heathen king, but God was choosing him for his specific purposes. And you see that purpose in verse four. He says, and why have I called you for this? For No, not from the east to the west will know that there's no other God. I am the Lord and there's no other. I create the light and make the darkness. I send good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. Open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. I, the Lord, created them. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father, why was I born? Or if it said to its mother, why did you make me this way? This is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and your creator. Do you question what I do for my children? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? I'm the one who made the earth and created people to live on it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens. All the stars are at my command. I will raise up Cyrus to fulfill my righteous purpose and I will guide his actions. He will restore my city and free my captive people without seeking a reward. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Now, Cyrus, is, Cyrus was a Gentile, right? And of course, we know that as Jews, Gentiles were no, no. Gentiles were, they had no part whatsoever. None. None whatsoever in the portion of Israel. None. They had no claim to the God of Israel. As far as the children of Israel were concerned, as far as they knew. And so in appointing a heathen king as one that God was putting in his hand, the authority to free his people, from captivity. Some hearts would have judged, ah, why is God, why is God used of all people to use? Why is God using a heathen? Why is God using a heathen king? Why is God putting our, our, our uh, destiny in the hands of a heathen? You know, that is a critical thought towards the Lord or perhaps against the Lord. And so it, you can see here that God is saying, essentially, God is challenging that kind of thinking. God is challenging that kind of thinking that he has the sovereignty and the liberty and the prerogative to do whatever he pleases. He can use anything. After all, he used a donkey and even told us in his order, he can even use stones. So he can use anybody. So when you read um, uh, verses nine and 10, you find that God is, is, is using metaphors, metaphoric examples, you know, to talk about criticizing him, about criticism, 
that can you can you can you clear pot criticize its maker? All right. In other words, can we criticize God? How dare we? Right? Can a child begin to criticize his parents and say, why did you make me this way? Of course, we know they are doing it this day and age, thanks to the spirit of the age. But that's not the norm. That's not the norm. So he now say, makes that statement in verse 11 and continues in verse 12 to say who he, who he is. And in verse 13, you can see, I will raise up Cyrus to fulfill my righteous purpose and I will guide his actions. So, and this is the danger sometimes of us just picking a scripture from the Bible and then running away with it. And this has been done previously and people just follow suit. We're gonna look at another scripture again as we go on. When we talk about, um, I think prayers of um, um, authority, the prayer of authority, all right? So now th there are people that, we, that stand on this scripture and say, God has said we should command him. Right? And so they begin to command God. Now, when I read Matthew Henry's um, commentary, Matthew Henry's commentary typically is based on the King James Version because like I said, it's very, very old. And again, let me just quickly digress by talking about Bible translations. Now, um, I also, um, I spoke to a, a, a theologian once about this issue of Bible translations. And the theologian said to me that incidentally in Bible school, um, they were told, and you know, this was a subject that they looked at, and they were told that the NIV actually um, can be considered as the most authentic because the people who wrote the NIV went back and you know did their research on the scrolls and found that there are certain translations, manners in which King James had translated um, the, the, the scrolls that had taken away the context or the intended meaning of certain verses. I don't want to go too deep into that, please. I'm not a theologian. I'm just sharing um, you know, the feedback that I got. But what I would just say to us is whenever you're doing your Bible study, use as many versions as possible and use Bible commentaries. Anyway, Matthew Henry said, his comment concerning that verse 11, he says that command ye me not by way of prescription, but by way of petition. Be earnest in your requests and confident in your expectations as far as both are guided by and grounded upon the promise. Because of time, I couldn't put the entire comment here. But what Matthew Henry essentially is saying here is that even if your own version, in your version, what you are reading is that God says, command ye me, right? Let me go back to that King James version now. Yeah. Thus says the Lord, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. What Matthew Henry is saying is that command ye me, that is here is not in the sense of, oh, you know, uh, command me to go and be doing things. Rather, it is, look, bring back my word to me, right? Bring back my word to me and base your request on what I have said or spoken in my word. And that is what a prayer of petition is saying. And so I found it interesting that Matthew Henry actually used the word petition when he was commenting on commanding me. 
It is a petition. It is a petition, not an instruction. We're not instructing God, oh yeah, go and do this. That's why he said, it's not by way of prescription, but by way of petition. Um, so again, what is a prayer of petition? Mediation. It's, a, it's mediation. What is mediation? It's settling a matter, reasoning with God. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 25. And this is Eli speaking to his sons. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? That's what Eli was saying to his sons. Nevertheless, the sons did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord had desired to kill them. If one person sins against another, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? Now, remember this was before Jesus came. So Jesus had not come at this time. So there was no intercessor, right? And that's what Eli was trying to say to his children, just basically helping them understand the gravity of their, of their offense, you know? Um, so essentially what he was saying is that if you have, if you have sinned against God, how you, where are you going to find mercy? Thank God. We have we were born in, in after the dispensation of or, you know in the new dispensation. So thank God we have Christ to intercede for us. Well, a prayer of petition is a mediation, is an intercession. Again, when we pray prayers of intercession, a prayer of intercession most of the time also is a combination of these various kinds of prayer. But when you bring a petition before the Lord on behalf of a third party, you are interceding for that third party. And when you are mediating, so for instance, if a, if a, if a person uh, um, is going through some sort of affliction and you're praying for that person, like I always say, I, I tend to start from the place of repentance when I'm interceding. And the reason is because I don't know what's going on in the life of that person. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the full story. Oftentimes when we're interceding, we don't know the full story. We only know what we've been told. So when you're praying, when you're interceding for somebody, it's safest to start from a place of repentance because you can't go wrong. You know, and you know what? Even if every, every that person, everything about that person is squeaky clean, don't forget that the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that our righteousness is as filthy rags before him anyway. And so when coming to him, it's safest to always come from that place of humility, which is a place that of repentance. So when you are mediating, you are essentially asking God to forgive whatever sin that person might have committed. To, to you're mediating, you know, you're coming in between that person and God in the place of intercession. And you are praying prayers of repentance and you're asking God for forgiveness for that person, right? Before you then, you know, table your, your, the, the matter before the Lord. Now let's look at Isaiah 1, Isaiah 1. Ah. Brother Alex, please, I need you to be my timekeeper because I'm not even looking at the clock this morning. God will help us. I'm going to try and be quick. Isaiah 1, uh, verses 15 to 20. I won't read everything. I'll just read verse 18. It says, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Okay, so this is God inviting us 
Control matters with him. That's mediation. That's a prayer of petition, you know, when we come before God to pray prayers of repentance. Now, the difference between supplication, I've talked about that, and petition is that although they are both directed at God, again, that's very important. These are prayers that we are directing at God and the Godhead. A prayer of petition relies on justification, whereas a prayer of supplication relies solely on God's mercy. So quickly, examples of prayers of petition, the prayers that Jesus prayed for us, for the disciples and us believers in John chapter 17 are prayers of petition predominantly. Why? Because Jesus consistently referred to the fact that he had fulfilled the mandate that God gave him. And on that basis, he was asking God to do certain things for his followers, okay? Another example is um, the prayer of Moses in the book of Numbers chapter 14, where Moses reminds the Lord of his covenant. I know that place where God was so upset with the children of Israel and Moses had to intercede. And in interceding, Moses had to remind the Lord of his covenant and his character. He reminded the Lord that, ah, God, you know this thing. Remember, you've, you've, we've come a long way. Remember the promise you made that you give these people the land that you promised to their ancestors. And it's not in your character. You know, if you do what you're saying you're going to do to these people, the Gentiles are even going to, to laugh and scorn and say, ah, hey, God couldn't fulfill what he promised, you know? And of course, you are, you, you, you are a faithful God. You always fulfill your promises and you've made this promise. Don't because of anger, turn away from this promise. Have mercy, please. Have mercy on these people. Don't look at what they've done. Just have mercy and pardon. You know, that was a prayer of petition that Moses prayed, you know, and God answered. God answered. Please, in your spare time, go and study these prayers. You know, it's so beautiful to study um, prayers from the scripture. You know, you, you, it also helps us to see the heart and the mind of God. And it helps us to really appreciate the essence of this relationship that we have with God. Another example of a prayer of petition is the prayer that Peter prayed in the book of, not only Peter, but him and the other disciples in the book of Acts. But okay. well, we know this prayer. But in this prayer, you can see that they go back to the scriptures and quote um, Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? We know that Psalm. And then you can see here, right? When when um, after they, they finish quoting that word, why they quote that word? Because it's that the reference point for their petition. You see, so let's let's quickly talk a little bit about petition in its ordinary context. When you're making a petition, you're basing your petition. Petitions are typically based on the provisions of the law. So, for instance, at one time or the other, you may have received something on your WhatsApp or Facebook or something where they're saying, we need a million signatures, right, for this petition. Please sign this petition. Now, typically, the reason why they are looking for those signatures is because the Constitution has made a provision that says that this provision can be influenced or changed if we have XYZ number of signatures, right? So when a petition is floating around like that, it's not that someone has just gotten up and just made a petition. The person is basing his petition on the strength of the law. 
So when we are making prayers of petition, right, we are basing our prayer on the strength of the word of God. So in this Acts chapter 4, the disciples were basing their prayers on the strength of Psalm 2. Then in verse 27, you can see how they use that reference. Peter said, indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Do you see how they built that prayer up? The Bible says, and after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Praise the Lord. That's an example of prayers of petition. So once again, it is a prayer of petition is a prayer, is a plea that we make to God based on his promises, hallelujah. Let's go to the next type, prayer of declaration. To declare means to make something thoroughly clear. A declaration means to say something in an emphatic way, proclaim, assert, or to affirm the truth about something that has been revealed. A prayer of declaration is not directed at God. It is the practice of reaffirming what already exists and which is clearly supported by scripture. Thus, a prayer of declaration reaffirms God's promises or prophecies that have come to pass. It is verbally acknowledging the truth of what God has revealed in his word concerning a matter. It is a prayer that is directed at the mindset, right, of the person hearing the or the person praying the prayer. And even the word prayer, right? So, so when we talk about prayer, you're making a request, okay? Um, when we talk about prayer of declaration, notice what I said in point two. It is not directed at God. And you may say, ah, what do you mean by prayer not being directed at God? This is what I mean. You see, when we read, so prayer of petition, you are bringing God's word to him. Hmm? You're bringing God's word to him. And on the basis of that word, you are making a request of him. Prayer of declaration, you are not making a request of God. You are reaffirming what God has already said. You are affirming what God has already settled. Prayer of petition, you are asking God to settle a matter based on his word. Now, when we pray a prayer of declaration, we are simply putting voice, right? Giving voice to the word of God. So for instance, I say here, Isaiah 53, five is a popular prayer of declaration concerning healing. You know, when we are praying for healing, right? Isaiah 53, five must come up. Why? Because that is the scripture that tells us, okay, that was a prophetic declaration about how Jesus, what Jesus has done concerning our healing. He says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we were healed. You know, that Isaiah 55 
53, 5. It is in the past tense. By his wounds, we were healed. Right? So Christ, by his wounds, has healed us. So when we're praying for healing, right? We're not saying, oh God, heal me, heal me. We are declaring, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I am healed by the stripes of, and the prayer of healing is another prayer that is, is an interesting one, right? You remember what I said, that when we are praying, for me, this is my own personal practice now. I, I engage all kinds of prayer, like we have been told to do in Ephesians 6. So when I'm sick and I want to pray, I'm mindful also that sin op opens the door for sickness, right? So I start my prayer from a place of repentance, right? After I have obtained my forgiveness from God, then I move to a prayer of declaration where I'm not addressing God. I'm addressing the sickness itself. I am declaring to the, to the hearing, right, of the sickness and all the powers and principalities and the accuser of the brethren who, on the, who is just trying to justify my sickness because I sinned. I am I'm speaking, I'm making these declarations to his hearing that hello, Mr. Devil, Jesus Christ was pierced for my transgressions, therefore I have obtained forgiveness. He was crushed for, for my iniquities, therefore I have obtained redemption. The punishment, the pain I am experiencing from this sickness, he has bought my peace. Therefore, peace is my portion. And by his wounds, I am healed. I am therefore declaring that I am healed. I declare my healing. Mind you, I'm still feeling the pain, but I'm making this declaration. But you know what? We know we have said in Mudu 1 about the role that faith plays in prayer. When I make this declaration by faith, ultimately, my healing will manifest. Right, so that's an example of engaging in a prayer in, in a prayer of declaration. And so, regarding the examples, I said the book of Isaiah and the Psalms of David are replete with examples of prayers of declaration. And then I've given us a few examples here, which will not be able to go, but I've just picked from Isaiah chapters that I know are popular amongst believers to pray with, and also in the Psalms. You know, these are prayers that many of us have even been taught from when we were young. The Lord is my shepherd. Um, lift up your head, O ye gates. All these are, you know, uh, Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. Common prayers that we pray, right? When you look at these prayers, they are actually, many of them, when we, we pray them, they are prayers of, um, of we are declaring, we're, we're making declarations. We're making declarations when we pray those prayers. So we've talked about prayer of supplication, prayer of petition, prayer of declaration. Now we're talking about prayer of authority. A prayer of authority is the exercise of the divine authority that we have been given directly by Jesus. The difference between a prayer of authority and a prayer of declaration, right, is that, okay, let me start with the similarity. I said it is, sim it is similar to a prayer of declaration in the sense that it is also not directed at God, but the difference is that it is a command directed at a third party. So for instance, let me go back to that Isaiah 53, 5. When I say by his stripes I am healed, I'm not commanding anybody. I am declaring a truth. I'm declaring a truth that has been revealed to me through the word of God. That's different from when I'm commanding. A prayer of authority is when I command, right? 
And I'm not commanding God. I'm commanding a third party. Who is that third party? Can be the devil and his cohorts, right? A third party can also be a set of circumstances. That's why I said directed at a third party, which is not God, or directed at elements, directed to the elements, okay? So when Joshua told the son to stand still, he, 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 made a, he prayed a prayer of authority and commanded the son to stand still, okay? When God told Ezekiel to prophesy, hmm, he said, prophesy, call the breath, call the breath, right? See, he wasn't commanding God, he was commanding the elements, right? So we have to understand what a prayer of authority is. And you see, when we are constructing our prayers, we must be mindful. Again, as Christians, we are guilty of using, um, how would I put it? Many of us, when we pray, we just repeat sentences that we've been used to hearing that sounds really cute and religious, but not necessarily useful. So we have to be mindful. So you, you, we, we mustn't mumble up our prayers. When you're praying a prayer of authority, it must be clear in your mind that you, you're, you're praying a prayer of authority. And the party to whom you are, you know, exercising that authority must be clear, right? Because we don't exercise authority against God. We can't, how dare we? We make entreaties to him. So when we are praying prayers of authority, we are not, we are not, we are not authorizing God. We can't. Now, the authority, of course, authority must, must be backed up with power. If you, if, you, if, you, if you have authority, that authority is coming from someone. It's been bestowed on you. So what is the basis of our authority as believers? It's in Matthew 16. It's, it's, it's the authority that Jesus has bestowed on us. That's why we can command, right? In Matthew 16, he says, and I read from verse 19. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's authority. Matthew 18, 18. Matthew 18, 18. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I truly tell you that if two of you on earth shall agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there with them. I won't bother reading the others, but we can read them in our spare time. But the point is that we have been given authority. So a prayer of agreement is based on the authority that we have been given. You know, when we come together in agreement to pray, again, a prayer of agreement can be expressed in different ways. We can come together in agreement, you know, to exercise our authority. All right, we can come together in agreement to make a prayer of petition. So I'm just saying that prayer is fluid, but the mode of delivery is very important that we understand which mode of delivery we are engaging. Another scripture I want to quickly discuss here, just like the one we discussed in, um, about Isaiah 45, 11. Let's quickly go to Job 22:28. Job 22:28 again, it was when I was preparing for this study that I even got this insight. You know, we always talk about how um, the Bible says that we shall decree a thing 
and it shall be established. It's from Job 22-28. It says, you will also declare a thing and it will establish for you. So light will shine on your ways. You know, these are, these are wonderful words. But incidentally, when you, when you read the context of this statement, this is not something that was given to us. This is a statement that was made by Eliphaz. Eliphaz is one of Job's friends. And, you know, Eliphaz's comments to Job, when Job was going through his affliction, those his three friends, remember, essentially what they were trying to insinuate was that, Job, look, this thing you're going through, you've sinned. You, you're not righteous. That's why you're going through this thing. There's no man that is righteous that will be going through what you're going through. You know, a righteous man. So this, that, it is in that context that, that Eliphaz was saying this, you know, essentially insinuating that, look, a righteous man will declare a thing and it will be established for him. You know, you are, you are such a prayerful man, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, let's go to Job 38 too. And let's see what God said concerning Eliphaz and um, the rest of um, Job's friends. Um, it's interesting. Job 38 two. It says, the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, First of all, listen to what God says. He says, who is, who is this? Who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? So the, all the words that Job's friends had spoken, look at, what God, look at God's conclusion about them. There are words that darken counsel. There are words that are without knowledge. Okay? Then let's jump because of time. You know, let's jump to 42. Please, you can go and do your study and please do it. You know, like the people of uh, the Christians of uh, Berea or whatever. Job 42, seven, it says, and so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has, see? Now, therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right. So when we are saying we shall, um, many times we say, ah, God has said we shall decree a thing and it shall be established. It, it wasn't God that said it. It was Eliphaz that said it. And this is God's conclusion of what Eliphaz said. God said, Eliphaz has not spoken what is right of him. Now, does that negate the fact that we have authority as believers? It doesn't. But this now helps us to understand that we've been putting that scripture out of context and we need to stop. So let's move on to the last one. Prayer of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a kind of prayer as well. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So examples, Anna's prayer, when, you know, at Shiloh, when she, she had had, when she gave birth to Samuel, Moses' prayer, Mary's prayer. These are prayers of thanksgiving, which we can study later on. Um, yeah, now we have a chance to go back on anything that wasn't clear. It is now time for our interactive session. 
Um, so I, I will now welcome questions from the floor and, and type whatever questions or responses that I think we can find useful later on. Thank you. Um, I, 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 okay, so there are questions in the chat, in the Q&A box. Is mediation the same as prayer of mediation? Okay, so um, thank you, brother. Brother, I, um, mediation is, so prayer of, prayer of, mediation is under prayer of petition, right? Let's go back. Let's go back to that slide, okay? Prayer of petition, mediation. Mediation is an act of standing in between. It's an act of being a go-between. It's an, the act of be, becoming a go-between, right? Like a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Someone that is trying to settle a matter, right? So it's, it's, it's an act. So it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not really a type of prayer. The, the type of prayer, the kind of prayer I prefer to use the word kind of prayer, is a prayer of petition. But in making your petition, you are, you are mediating. So when you are mediating, what you are doing is you are coming to God and you are trying to reason with God. You are bringing his word to him. And on the basis of that word that you have brought to him, you are making a request. Can I ask a question, Stanley? Yes, ma'am, please, just, just go ahead. Good morning. And Good morning, ma'am. Um, can I decree a thing? Can I decree the word of God? Is it wrong for me to decree the word of God? I'm talking about that uh, elephant something. Can I stand on the word of God and decree something? Is it wrong? You can declare the word of God okay. and, you, and you can... and and. You can declare the word of God and you can pray a prayer of authority, which ultimately, so, so, so when, you're, when, you're, when you're declaring the word of God, right? You are, you are giving voice to what is written. Okay, so let's, let's look at some of the examples we shared now under prayer of declaration. Okay, let's look at that Isaiah 40, for instance. Isaiah 40. It's a long passage, but I'll, I'll bring out portions of it. Okay. So, you, you know, if a lot of the scriptures in Isaiah, they are, they are prophetic, they're prophetic declarations, right? So, but we use them to pray, right? So this is Isaiah 40 now. It says, um, let's go to... Let's go to, okay, let, let, let me just pick a random verse. Let me pick, let me pick verse 15. Let me pick verse 15, right? It says, behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket and are counted as the small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the eyes as a very little thing and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn. Okay, so assuming for instance, I'm praying for my country, I'm praying for Nigeria, right? And then I make this declaration that the nations are as a drop in a bucket before God. What am I saying? That Nigeria as a nation is like a drop in a bucket before God. 
So no matter how big the challenge of Nigeria may be, for instance, it's as small as being a drop in a bucket before God. So in making my prayer, I'm, and I'm quoting this, I'm, I'm declaring this word. Maybe this is not good enough. Let's look at Isaiah 44. And I know many hands are up. Thank God we have time. Isaiah 44, aha, look at that one now. Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers and drives diviners mad, who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolishness, who confirms the word of his servants and performs the counsel of his messengers, who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited. So, you see, this is God speaking up. This scripture now talks about the nature and the personality of God. Now, in your prayer, you can take this and declare this. But you are not, you are not declared, as you're declaring this, you're not, you're not, um, you're not saying it to God. You are saying this in the context of what you are praying about. Am I, am I communicating? Sister oh. Chia, am I communicating? Yes. So, so because there are many hands up, I, I think have I answered your question? So we can move on to the next question. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, next person. Yes, praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Lolade. So beautiful and impactful. So my question is on these different kinds of prayers. I don't know if you are hearing me. I can hear you very well. All right. So, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of declaration. So, my question is, I'm just wondering, and thank God you are my friend, so you won't um, get offended. What exactly is um, the purpose of this? As in, I'm just wondering, is this, it's not just an academic exercise. Actually, I've really been blessed. But I'm wondering, so, if I'm praying, am I to know when I should do prayer of thanksgiving or when I should make a declaration? So, what if I mix it up and I begin to give authority when I should be doing supplication. So how, <laughs> how is it to work in practical terms? How am I to yes. know? Very good. Okay, like, very good. You know, there's a slide, there's a scripture that I didn't put on. Thank you, Sister Jade. Good question. I love it because it's practical and everybody will gain from it, including me. See, first of all, let me talk about the importance of knowing what mode of prayer to engage. It's very, very important. You see, we, we serve a, a God who is practical and everything God has surrounded us with is for a reason. It's the same reason why, so you're a doctor, right? You're a doctor, which is very good. You know that when you want to give an injection, there are certain injections, right? An injection is an injection. But you know that there are certain injections that you can only give intravenously. You can only give it through the vein, correct? If you attempt to give it through the muscle, you can run into trouble, correct, Dr. Jadi? Yes, ma'am, yeah, correct, yes. Cor correct. It's, you see, it's important to understand your mode of engagement with anything you do. Otherwise, you can have the wrong effect or you can have no effect at all. Okay. That's why, this, that's why it's important that we understand the kinds of prayer. And that's why in Ephesians 6, the, the you know apostle paul talks about kinds of prayer all kinds is to tell us that the prayer 
prayer, there are different modes of prayer and it's important that we engage. Now coming to your second question as to, is it fatal if I've modeled it up? I won't say it's fatal, right? Because again, remember, it's where, where, where God is our father, he understands and all of that. However, it may delay the answer to our prayer or it may make our prayer ineffective. Mm. We may be praying amiss, you see, mm. because, because if, 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 um, okay, so let, let, let's take an example. Um, when Jesus was going to um, open the eyes of, um, I think it was blind Bartimaeus, he asked him, what do you want? Because what was Bartimaeus saying? Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Yes. It's a prayer. It's a request. Have me. But what do you want? What do you want? He, he had to be specific in his prayer. I want to see. It's important that we engage the right kind of prayer and we know what to pray. Now, let's go into this, this type of prayers that we looked at now. When God has already settled a matter in his word, right? And then instead of us declaring, so there are times when, see, God has done it, but what, is, what we need to do is our faith needs to catch up with what God has done. And I always go back to a prayer of healing as an example. That is the same way, the same power that saved us is the same power that healed us. Okay, so why is it that we're not coming back every day? Ah, Father God, please help me to be born again. Make me born again. Make me, save me, save me. No, you are saved. You, I, you believe that you are saved. And so you, 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 you believe that you are a born again Christian. So the same power that saved you is the same power that healed you. But why, why can't you believe that you are healed? And you feel that you need to be asking every day, oh, heal me, heal me. Now, I'm being careful also. I'm being careful also because I know that when it comes to healing, because of the physical symptom that we may still be feeling, even though we believe that we are healed. And for as long as we're feeling those symptoms, we want to, the, 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 the natural reaction is to keep praying. Yes, we have to keep on praying until the symptoms disappear, but what kind of prayer are we supposed to be praying? It's not heal me, heal me. He has healed us. It is to continue to make that declaration of our healing until it manifests. We can also combine a prayer of thanksgiving to that declaration, which is also a step of faith by thanking him and what are we thanking him for? Thanking him for what he has done. Well, how do we know he has done it? Because the Bible tells us he has done it. And because we believe the Bible. I don't know if that has helped answer the question. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Next question, please. Okay, mine is actually not a question, Monima, um, here. It's actually, can you hear me, please? Am Very I, well. Okay, fantastic. My, mine is actually not a question, but to say uh, you've done very well. I want to thank you a lot to learn you know, in all of this and then a lot to also read about. You, you, you know, 
Um, our sister talked about five kinds of prayer. Now, other writers will come and say seven kinds of prayer, FF Bosworth. Another person like Derek Prince will say 12 kinds of prayer. And what he has done will be, oh, the prayer of praise, the prayer of thanksgiving, the prayer of worship, of petition, of intercession, of supplication, of command, of commitment, of dedication, of importunity, or what they call persistence, of persevering prayer, of blessing, of cursing. So, but then what Lolade has done here is to put all of these things in five buckets. For example, like I give you, I give you an instance where the prayer of declaration is a prayer of blessing. I know what God has said, so I, 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 I appropriate it to my situation. You know, it's also a prayer of custom, but the prayer of authority is a prayer of command. You know, for example, if I go to um, Acts, like Acts 16, where you, you remember uh, there was a damn cell that was possessed of the devil. And I quickly, let me, Acts 16 says, let me quickly read that because it's important also. And it says, it came to pass, as we went to pray, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought our masters with much gain by such saying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which shew unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said unto the spirit, He said unto the spirit, It's not to God. So you see, so this one is not unto God, mm -hmm. unto the spirit, on the authority of what he has. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. now that is authority. So he said on the spirit, I command it. So now that it prince says that is a prayer of command, but it's a prayer of also of authority. Mm -hmm. So I command in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of us. And it came out uh, that self same hour. So you now see the prayer of command. Now, but another area also that I like to buttress is the fact that when I say, thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto us and the light shall shine on path. Now, it's, 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 it's a person that said it, but the meat of what he's saying, is it true? Because you see, if I go to the Bible and I, I look at Numbers 14 and verse 28, God is saying, say unto them, as truly as I live, say the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. So as you have said it, so it will come to pass. So you will decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. So you take a cue from what God has said. Even the human being says it, but he understands that he's taking a cue from what God has said in the book of Numbers. So you cannot decree a thing. Will it come to pass? Yes, because God said, as truly as I live, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. Yeah. Do you believe it? Say it, it will come to you. Can you say to the mountain? If you say to the mountain, it will be cast into the sea. So you say it and you receive it. And so, so it's important that also that area uh, is, 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 is well known. And another thing also, where uh, another writer was saying that, is that the prayer, just like a sister has said, all kinds of prayer, is kind of a symphony. It's symphony. And the symphony that came from the word, some phonom, some tomorrow, whatever. Now, a symphony will have an orchestra. It will have the instruments and musicians and all that. And it will have a scroll, the scroll. The scroll is the word of God, the will of God. Then you have all kinds of instruments, different kinds of prayer. And then you have a conductor 
who is the conductor? The Holy Spirit is the conductor. Now we have all kinds of prayers and the musicians. So we are the people using all kinds of prayer, just like Ephesians 6 has said that uh, Sister Lola have rightly pointed out. So we are the we are the the, we are the musician using all kinds of you know prayers, the instruments, and then it comes into a symphony because there's a conductor that leads the way. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Father Muna. Very useful insights. Very useful insights, you know. Very useful insights. Um, yes, we, we do have the, the, the authority to, to decree. Um, I, I was just saying that when we quote that, um, um, scripture in Job, um, I often hear all say, you know, God has said we shall decree a thing and it shall be established. And many times we're quoting from that place. And I was just pointing out that God was not the one who said it from that place that we are quoting. But that does not take away the, from the fact that we have been given the authority to make decrees um, to the question Sister Chinyere asked. So thank you so much. That has shed a lot of light. And I love the example of our symphony. Next question, please, or comment. Good morning. Salalade, thank you so very much. Uh, my question or my comment will be on Isaiah 45. You know, there's been so many divergent um, interpretation of that um, passage yes. where he says, um, oh, verse 11, yes. And um, when you read NIV, and um, even without reading NIV, reading the original uh um, uh, what is it called? Um, King James. King James. Yeah, the, uh, the earlier, yeah, yeah, version. King James that says from nine, it says, watch those who quarrel with their maker. Those who are nothing but bullshit among the, the and it says, does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does the work say the potter has no hands? Watch the one who says to his father, what have you begotten to a mother? What have you brought to birth? This is what the Lord says. The Holy One of Israel and its maker, concerning the things to come, do you question me about my children or give me orders about the works of my hand? Now, if you read it in King James, it makes, for me, it makes sense to believe that it is actually um, an omission of, um, of uh, the question mark there in the 11 that makes it uh, that, that makes it misinterpret uh, yes and we say oh ask me of my son and concerning the work of my hand command you you command me and people say oh they are commanding god it's interesting to see another uh, perspective to hear another perspective that it's actually saying that um uh, we can make those commands based on the word of God. Of course, every prayer that we're praying is based on, well, on, supposed to be based on his word of his, and of his promises. So I don't know, but I just think it makes sense if you read from uh, the previous verses and it just flows there. If you are talking about, do you ask questions? Can you query the one that who made you? So how can you now then command God? Even if you're trying to interpret it to say, oh, it's not that you should command God, just that you should bring his word to him. It's still a command. I don't know. Okay, Thank so you. Sister Buki, thanks for your comments. But I 
I, um, I don't understand the landing. So do you want us to go back to that slide to talk about it or? Uh, maybe, I think it's just that we need to make, especially when we're talking to young um, uh, believers, it can cause a kind of um, confusion in their mind as to whether God says, you see, we should command him. Okay. So it's good to look at it to, from the perspective of um, maybe the first okay. few verses and uh, how it flows. Yeah, thank you. Okay, okay, thank you. Okay, first of all, let's look at that. Let's examine that word command, okay? Because command is to give instruction to somebody, first of all. And so um, here we've, we're talking about prayer or petition. Right? And we're saying that prayer or petition is asking according to the will of God. Hmm? Making petitions according to the will of God. So the same way a lawyer will come to court, right? And he's making his prayers to the judge based on what a certain law has said. It's coming either what the constitution has said or what the Evidence Act has said, or what the Land Use Act has said, or whatever. There's always a law, all right, um, that forms the basis of the petition that is being made. Because when we prove the, the, you know, there's a courtroom. It's like bringing your matter before the courtroom in heaven. When you pray a prayer of petition, it's like bringing your matter before the court of heaven. So you have to have the basis on which you are making the petition. So I just pulled out this Isaiah 45 because, particularly because of that controversy about this issue of command ye me. Because I've heard it talked about in different contexts. And when I went into the scripture to look at it, I found that if you, if you take the context, the background against which this statement came about, um, I struggled a bit with the King James uh, version that says, you know, concerning the work of my hands, commanding me full stop. It, it, the very first time I came across this scripture, it really excited me because I was like, whoa, God even, even asked us to command, wow, what a gracious. But then the closer I looked at it, the more I realized that, hang on a sec, I'm not sure that that's exactly what is being said here. It looks to me like what's being said here is like God is saying, are you actually can you command me concerning the work of my hands? You know? So it, it, it's, it's controversial, I continue to say, but I think that Matthew Henry lands us in a, a safe place. I would put it that way. A safe place, because again, we have to be mindful of how many are we on this call? 41 people. This is a scripture that has gone across the globe and is being used. And so that is not closed. When someone stands on the pulpit and says, ah, God has said, command ye me, so that at least our hearts are not closed to that prayer. Matthew Henry has helped us to understand that, okay, even for those who take this interpretation literally, right? <clears throat> Literal interpretation is when you take something the way it is written, without adding or insinuating. So even if you take this interpretation literally and say, ah, God has said, command ye me, Matthew Henry is saying, well, that commanding meal is not saying we should command him by way of prescription, but by way of petition. In other words, bring my word 
back to me and make your request and base your request on that word that you brought to me. So I think that's a safe place to land. Otherwise, we'll stand in danger of, I don't want to completely condemn those who, you know, stand on the back of this scripture, but I'm, uh, I'm trying to just shed some light on it this morning and open our minds a little bit. And I would like us each to go and conduct our study on it. There are many hands up, so I'll stop at that. Hello, um, uh, am I being heard, Stella Ladin? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, thank you very much. I mean, it's been a very enlightening session and uh, I think the contributions have been quite useful to me as well. Okay, this is about that. Um, Sorry. <laughs> when people speak, yeah. I try to listen for their voice, you know who? That was Sister Buki. Okay. Yes, go on. Yeah. I'm just speaking because of um, what Sister Buki brought, brought back. Yes, sir. And I, and I thought that the explanation you gave was, even at the, the first time, was very, very clear to me. Interestingly, last, last Wednesday, for those who participated in the Bible study, I, I, I made reference to that same verse. Um, so I, I think to me, it's um, the, the explanation from the perspective of that is probably a wrong translation. Um, is the is, is if you read all if you read even the context of King James, it's very clear that you can't come around there and say God is saying command me. So, like you know, like he said, the, the omission of the word of the of, of, of the listing of the question sign yeah. question mark is what has caused every other verse, and including every other version, and including the including the what do you call um the king james itself when you read the context you know it can't be saying commanding me command me and that's what it means um i had a struggle with your um explanation from king from matthew henry, matthew henry. <laughs> i use matthew henry i have used him for many many years since the seven late 70s mm. Uh, you know, so I I love it, but on this he was working on the premise. You know, the other translations at the time he wrote his uh, commentary. One of the you know best for me because it's also it's not just commentary that is just scholarly. It's com commentary that is devotional. So I love I love it. But on this one, I believe he was. On, on on the premise that well this is this is you know you, you are trying to to explain rather than saying you know this a commentary if he had looked a commentary should be able to say you know what this is yes. this is not what he's saying so i really i really thought that even the allusion to matthew henry trying to find a way to find a a middle a middle road mm -hmm. It's ground, not, yes. it's not, a middle ground it's not it's not i don't think it's a it's, it's something that we should even go into in my view it's very mm. clear god is not saying commanding me but also i wanted to comment on um uh Sabuki's, uh, comment on command you know because we are talking about prayer the thinking is when we say there's a prayer of command you are saying we command god that, i mean when uh, Brahman, uh, referred to Acts chapter 16, 
something. He, very clear, and he said it very clearly. We are not commanding God. Mm. We are commanding a situation. We are making a declaration because the word of God is very clear mm. on the matter. So as he said, he used the word command. And what he was, what, what was taught commanding? He was commanding the evil spirit in that, in that, in that young, young lady, you know, to, to, to get out. You know, so um, so it, 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 the prayer it, there's a prayer that prayer of command, even though it's prayer, because when you see prayer, immediately what you think is you are talking to God. Yeah. So the prayer of command, God, no, I think that's the idea. Uh, from what I've listened to Sister Lolade and even the dimensions that uh, Monima had added. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir. You know, you're right. I, I struggled as well. Um, but I, I guess for me, I was thinking, okay, um, you know, this is just a, a small class. Um, and I don't want a situation where, you know, um, and they're saying, and they're quoting this, commanding me, and then the audience just close their hearts and they're not able to flow any longer. With the prayer so i too i guess like matthew henry was trying to be careful um and i just well no that, don't let me say i was trying to be careful i i took matthew henry's i took matthew henry's um commentary as well um a middle ground so that i, I don't come across as oh outrightly condemning a practice that is so widely um you know used amongst christians Christians and, and all of that. But honestly, it, it's just it's just one of those. So maybe before we share this um, slide, maybe I'll take out the reference to Matthew Henry and maybe try and um, expatiate on the explanation based on the comments that we've had this, this morning. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate these comments and questions as well. Next. Praise the Lord. If you ask me to define, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Sister Lady. Um, thank God for the Holy Spirit and uh, interpretation and how we understand scripture. When he says, concerning the works of my hand, command you me. A safe thing to do, that I, I think, is looking at scriptures. So it depends on how you view that word command. A, a, a quick example that comes to mind is the case of the centurion who came to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> he said, my servant is lying sick at home. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. He said, you don't need to come to my house. You just speak the word only. That's a command, but it's not a command, but it's also a command. You just speak the word only and my servant will be made whole. And Jesus and said, wow, I've never seen this. He said, go, it is done. And the Bible, because it was done for him at the same same hour. So it was the work of the hand of God. Healing is his work. Just like um, Joshua stood up and said, son, stop there. Moon, stop there. He was commanding the work of God's hand. But God gave him that authority. So when we look at scripture, but this is a man coming to Jesus say, don't come to my house. You don't need to come to my house. You just speak the word only. He was commanding him to do what he, he knew that God was able to do. You just speak the word only and my servant will be made whole. And Jesus spoke and just said, it is done. Go. So it, it depends on how we put that command. You are not commanded to say, sit down, stand up. No. Concerning the works of my hand, command ye me. That's one. 
uh, I will still want your view. Thank you, Brother Emmanuel. Let me, let me quickly, let me, let me quickly add to what Emmanuel has said, because that's, it's very important to, other than that, we undermine the entire uh, King James Version. And a lot of people are doing that, but then our forebears, you know, those men of God mighty, you know, with God and God used them so mightily, can think of them. If, what John Gillick, all of them, all of these ones used King James Version, and God heard them, and God heard them, you know, you know, deeply. Now, the word command, the word command ye me, if you look at it in Isaiah, is the is the Hebrew word T-S-A-V-A-R. It's actually pronounced sovar. Now that the word sovar has all kinds of meaning. It means one of them asks me, another is charge me. Then the other one say earnestly ask. Then the other one say command. Now it depends on which one you want to pick. So if somebody picks command, which is sovereign, there's no problem about that. But you have to understand the context that the person is conveying that. Now, when we go to Acts 16 and verse 18, using I, call, I charge you, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of that. Now, the prayer of command. There, the word there, the Greek word is parangelo. I enjoin you. Now, it depends on which one the writer picks also. But we as children of God must understand that you cannot command God now. You cannot. You cannot even command your, your, your superior at work. How much more God? So we understand that when we say command me, saying that charge me, ask me earnestly, you know, with all your heart, a prayer of a kind of, kind of importunity, persevere, go ahead and ask, and it shall be done. I want to look at it okay. from that. From so, that thank, thank you, Bamonima. I, I need to jump in because we have little time, and I see that there's still five hands up. And so sorry, just I, have... sorry, I had not finished where, when you came in. Oh, okay. Yeah. The second one is the issue of uh, the, the word decree. Like I also said, we if we look at the context, we so that we don't throw away the baby and the bath water. If we look at, because there are many scriptures there that we quote and which are right, I will just quickly look at because of time. It says, the first thing he said in that Job 22 was, acquaint now thyself with the Lord with him and be at peace with him, thereby good shall come unto thee. It, it, that premises is solid. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his word in thy heart. Like I said, when we look at scriptures like this, he has told them in Deuteronomy numbers that let the word of Christ dwell in you. That's the New Testament. But he said, this book of the Lord shall not depart and meditate on it. So he, he, he was still saying now in verse 20, he says, if thou return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. These are scriptural. Thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. Then shalt thou lay up ghosts as dust and the wood uh, of offering as stones. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense, and thou shalt have plenty of silver. These are scriptures. Now, for then shalt thou have thy delight in the Almighty, and shall lift up thy face unto him. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall come to pass, and it shall be established unto thee, and thy light shall shine upon thee. When men say, we also quote these scriptures, when men say, when men, when men are down, then thou shalt say, there is a lifting up, and it shall save the humble. 
He shall deliver the island of the innocent, and it is delivered by the pureness of thy hand. These are, uh, that's why I say, when we look at it, I believe uh, when God was talking to Job that they, they should go and read. We'll also make it very clear. So, sorry, Brother Emmanuel, I don't know whether you heard me. We, we don't have time to go through the entire scripture. Okay. Can, can people hear me? It's saying my internet is not stable. Can, can people hear me? We, I can hear, yes, we are hearing okay. you. Very yeah, well. thank you, Brother Emmanuel. Because of time, right, we won't be able to exhaust the portion of scripture you're reading. But I think it's very important that I emphasize that I am not, I have said when I was talking about prayer of authority, I have talked about the uh, um, have been given by our Lord Jesus Christ to make decrees, okay? Even if I, I'm using that, we have, we have authority. Those are, when we make decrees, we are making decrees because we have the authority given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ, who said that when we agree on anything, if, they are, if our agreement is by way of a decree, we are exercising the authority that we are given. I have pointed out these two scriptures, the one in Job and this one in Isaiah 45, because I hear people come and say, the Lord has said, and then they quote um, that scripture in Job. And I'm simply saying, as it is in the book of Job, it was not the Lord that said it. It was Eliphaz that said it. I haven't said that God has not given us the authority. He has given it to us. Just like you have um, read from the book of Numbers and other uh, Deuteronomy and other portions of scripture. So I, I think I need to carefully convey um, that um, we're trying to bring out this morning. It's just the proper use of scripture and putting scripture in proper context. You know, our discussion of Isaiah 45, 11 this morning, we're not saying that we don't have authority, right? Or we don't have the power to exercise authority, we do. But what we're saying is that we are not commanding God, okay? But we have power to exercise the authority that God has given to us. So I think we, we can let it rest there for purposes of this lesson so that we can move forward. Um, but as I said, there's room for one-on-one -on -one engagement later, and I'm hoping that at the end of the um, um, uh, what of the of the diet, because this is our first diet, we're going to launch a, a different diet next year by God's grace, um, and also <clears throat> within the first 12 months, we're going to still we're still going to repeat this uh, module in the second half of the school year. So we're still going to have opportunities to, to delve deeper into this. There are other hands raised up. And I think if you have a question that is not related to what we've been talking about, please go ahead. I can see two participants' hands are raised. I don't know who the participants are. But please unmute and just ask because I can't see your name. Good morning. I think Sister Kike Lawal is the only one. But Emmanuel's hand is up, but I think he has asked his question. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, thank you, Sister Kenny. Did you have a question? Okay, Sister Kike, hello, please ask your question. Hello, Ma. Adela, you Um, We thank God for the Oh, we're struggling to, to this five okay. kinds of prayer. 
uh, quite elaborate. And um, I think my question has been addressed. I was actually looking for prayer of intercession in all, all the things that we discussed, but um, I've, uh, I think that has been taken care of. All right, Ma. Thank you. Yeah, just to, sh to shed a little more light oh, on intercession. Yes. Sorry, Sister Kiki, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you had not finished. The internet seems to be breaking, but I hope you can hear me. So when, when we engage in intercession, we can engage any, any one of these modes of um, kinds of prayer when we engage in intercession. Uh, I wanted us to look at um, an example of, you know, Sister Jade had talked about um, whether it's possible to blend all these kinds of prayers. I think it's in Psalm 28. Um, it's very short. It's a very short prayer, Psalm 28. You see some blending of prayers there in Psalm 28. There's an interplay of different kinds of prayers. So if you look at verses one and two, those are prayers of supplication where David says, unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock, be not silent. Um, do not be silent to me, lest if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit, blah, blah, blah. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary, you know. Um, then he makes a petition. He makes a petition. Um, when you look at uh, verses eight and nine, it says the Lord is their strength and is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. You can see before he says, save your people. He first of all emphasizes who the Lord is. The Lord is their strength and he's the saving refuge of his anointed. So on the basis of that, save your people and bless your inheritance. You can see petition there. You can also see um, six and seven. You can see prayer of thanksgiving there. Blessed be the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart is greatly... My and with my song, I will praise him. So when you read um, um, the Psalms or you come across different prayers in the Bible, you see an interplay. And like, I like the example that Brother Monima gave, gave about symphony, you know, and I understand um, there's a book by, I think is it Charles Spurgeon um, or someone that wrote that book or Derek Prince uh -huh, that wrote that book or something, you know, so, um, yeah, so intercession can be a combination of all these kinds of prayers. And again, like I said at the beginning as well, this five that we're looking at, it's not exhaustive. Like, like I said, it's, it's, these are just five categories that I have been able to identify based on my limited understanding. You know, I, I don't think you can really put a number um, um, to the different kinds of prayer, but we can study and when we, when we engage in prayer, it should be clear in our mind what we're doing. Am I about to make a supplication? Am I about to make a petition? Am I about to exercise authority? Am I about to make a declaration? Or do I just want to pray a prayer of thanksgiving? You know, there's still some hands up. So next person, please. Any more hands up? I think that's all. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much for participating. I, I think my favorite um, 
part of this teaching is our interactive session. I love uh, the candor with which we ask questions and make comments. And I want to thank us for that. So um, I think I'll just like us to, we, we have, uh, oh. Father, we thank you, we worship and adore you for this beautiful session of teaching and learning that we have had today. We bless you, sweet Holy Spirit, for how you took control. It was very expository and all of us have learned one thing or the other. Father, we thank you even for the leadership, Father Lord Almighty of the prayer ministry for putting this together. We bless you, we worship you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your daughter that you have used this morning. Father, we ask, oh Lord, that you will bless her abundantly. Father, King of glory, enrich her, oh God, with wisdom from on high. Holy Spirit, overshadow her in every area of her life. Oh God, I commit her into your hands and I ask, oh God, that every virtue that I've left her this morning, that you will replenish in the name of Jesus. Thank you for as many that have participated in this day. Father, King of glory, we ask, oh Lord, that Father, we will go home like the Berean Christians to meditate on this, what we have learned. Let it not just be an academic exercise, oh God. Let it be something that will bring up, Father, spiritual awakening. We've been praying for revival. Father, we ask, oh Lord, that this fire, that Lord, it will spread beyond the people that participated on this program. Or that every member of our church will benefit from this. Even as this is shared, help us to even share it beyond our church. In every area, in our offices, as many that we have opportunity to interact with, that we will share this so that people will be further knowledgeable when interacting with you in prayer. We bless you, we worship you, Lord. Today is blessed and we ask, oh God, that at the end of all this, oh God, your kingdom, Father, your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven and your kingdom will come in our lives and in our midst. In Jesus' matchless name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you so much, brethren.